This is the Sideline Distant Podcast, coming to you from iTunes and YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, as always, at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. The NBA trade deadline has come to a close, and once again, it's another uneventful year for NBA trade deadline action. I will talk about uh, the biggest blockbuster deal that occurred, uh, which involved the Philadelphia 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But first, the Boston Celtics have really done a lot for the uh, basketball basketball media over the last few seasons with their uh, assets, with their their draft choices from the Brooklyn Nets. They have three consecutive seasons of first-round picks for the terrible Brooklyn Nets. Last year was the third overall pick. They selected Jalen Brown and chose not to make the trade. And then, but all that happens before the uh, for the NBA draft, before the NBA trade deadline, is the Celtic r- rumors start flying everywhere. Who are they going to go after? Demarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, uh, Kevin Durant in the offseason. Is he going to go to Boston with all their assets? This year, the deadline, the rumor was the Celtics were going to attempt to trade for uh, Paul George or Jimmy Butler. And obviously, now we know that neither of those trades happened. Now, I, I think the issue here is uh, I think the Celtics probably valued their assets more than any other team in the league do. And uh, they they love their players. They love their role players. They love Jay Crowder. They love Marcus Smart. Uh, Avery Bradley, who will be a free agent after the season. They're also in love with him. And, and Boston's done well. They're only a couple games back at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, although I would argue the Cavaliers are kind of they don't really care about the regular season that much, and really, I I don't see the Celtics winning more than two games against them in a playoff series, barring an injury to to Kevin Love and, and Kyrie Irving and or or even LeBron. But as long as LeBron is in there, it's going to be very difficult for the Celtics to get there. But they they still do have a great shot at the Eastern Conference Finals, and they could certainly challenge Cleveland a little bit. Uh, but this this trade, uh, these potential trades. Uh, didn't occur, and uh, uh, one of the rumors was it sounds like Jimmy Butler was never really on the market for Chicago, um, which is good because at least I know the Bulls have a plan. I thought the plan was in the offseason that they were going to try to build around Jimmy Butler, and then they went ahead and signed Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade, two superstars that can't shoot in a league where three-point shooting is the most important, and because of it, the Bulls are one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NBA, although they do seem to rise up to the level of their competition. They don't beat good, bad teams, but they occasionally beat good teams. They're 500 against teams that have above 500 records, and uh, really the only team in the East that has an above 500 record is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, but the, the Indiana Pacers were asking for too much. This is from Mike Ortiz Jr. Um, apparently... Uh, Pacers were asking for three of these four players plus the 2017 first-round Brooklyn Nets picks. They were asking for Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, or Jalen Brown. They wanted three of those plus the Brooklyn pick, and that just wasn't going to happen, especially with the way Boston values their assets. And, uh, you know, Danny Ainge, uh, first of all, I have a source that tells me Danny Ainge isn't this brilliant mastermind that pulls all the strings. He delegates a lot of his duties uh, to a lot of analytically driven people who are very well compensated, and uh, because of it, they have the best defense in the NBA, and they're very 
cautious with pulling off a lot of these deals. Uh, but here's here's my pushback for not attempting to make this trade for Paul Bo- George and Jimmy Butler. And it has to do with Al Horford. Al Horford is 30 years old, uh, which for a big man in the NBA means he's in all likelihood nearing the end of the prime of his career. So it, it's entirely possible he'll begin to deteriorate in the next season, two, three, four seasons, who knows. And the Celtics right now, they're second in the East, and really they were one superstar away from really being able to contend with the Cavs and give them a challenge, especially with a lot of their injury issues they've had this season. Although if you look at the Cavs the last couple of years, they've always had sort of a mid-season lull in the middle of the regular season, and uh, it didn't work out, but... Look, the Celtics, they chose not to make this trade, and I think the reason why teams are asking Boston for so much, Indiana, Chicago, to make this deal is because you don't know where that Brooklyn pick is going to end up. Now, it sounds like this is one of the deepest NBA drafts in years, and it's all but certain Brooklyn's going to have the worst record in the NBA, which means, at the very least, they'll have the fourth overall pick. And that's good, but... uh it is t- top-heavy with two guards, uh, Markel Fultz from Washington and, and Lonzo Ball from UCLA. Uh, and people debate who who is the better player of the two. Uh, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics are, do uh, make a deal, deal away that Brooklyn pick, especially if it's first overall uh, in the offseason this year. Because they, they already have a ton of guards. They don't need Lonzo Ball or Fultz. They don't need another project. They need a superstar. The team is filled with guards uh, that are great trade assets. And then they also have Brooklyn's pick next year, too, that they could potentially trade away. Uh, but I think all of... Uh, I don't think Paul George is going to the Celtics, even this next offseason. I'm sure there will be rumors that Boston wants uh, to deal for Paul George. I'm sure they would love to have Paul George. I think Butler is a better player than George, uh, but George is a better fit for the Celtics because he's he uh, moves away from the ball much better, and uh, Isaiah Thomas likes to dribble the basketball, and you need someone who can shoot from deep and get in position, and Butler is more of a, uh, a playmaker than anything with the ball than away from the ball, but both are elite defenders. Both would have helped the Celtics a lot, although it would have taken time to really fit them into the system, especially if the Celtics would have had to get rid of Avery Bradley, Crowder, Smart, or Jalen Brown. And let me say this right now, the Celtics aren't getting rid of Jalen Brown. They drafted him third overall when most mock drafts had him somewhere between 7 and 10. There's a reason for that. They love Jalen Brown. He's not going anywhere. Um, and he's a great defender, and he's consistently improving. And he's, he's a character culture guy, exactly what Brad Stevens and Danny H. want. Uh, but this why I don't think the Celtics really have a shot at Paul George anymore is George is going to be a free agent, unrestricted free agent, the year after next. And if Paul George... These reports are true. Paul George wants to go to the Lakers. Now, I'm not going to buy into that report because if you go back a year from where we are right now, there were reports that Kevin Durant wanted to play for the Washington Wizards for the same reason that everyone is saying Paul George wants to play for the Lakers. Uh, Durant grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, so of course, you know, a few rumors, people play telephone, and suddenly... It's all but inevitable that Kevin Durant will play for the Washington Wizards. He didn't even meet with the Wizards. That didn't even happen. Uh, 
So the Lakers have a long way to go with the rebuilding. I'm not buying into this Magic Johnson thing uh, because, look, Magic is a nice guy. And if you hear anyone say why they think Magic Johnson is going to do a good job, it's because he's a nice guy and he's a winner. But he's never proven anything as a manager. Um, and I, I don't know if he's going to delegate his duties in the same sort of way Danny Ainge has done in Boston. Uh, but it's going to take the Lakers a few years uh, to really make a deal, they don't really, they have Russell, they have Clarkson, they have Randall, and then obviously Ingram, these guys are all a work in progress, and really you can only trade those guys if you're looking at a team that wants to start rebuilding from scratch, and I don't think the Pacers are quite ready to do that yet, they're still in the middle of the Eastern Conference uh, playoff race, uh, so, like the Celtics, uh, they feared they didn't make this deal. Perhaps if Paul George had a more uh, team-friendly contract like Jimmy Butler does, uh, Jimmy Butler has the second-best-valued contract in the NBA for what you get. Uh, the first is Kawhi Leonard, obviously, uh, but Celtics really want Jimmy Butler, and I have a ch- I have a feeling they're going to go after Butler uh, in the offseason fairly aggressively. But you know, I, I, at some point, the Celtics have to make this deal. You know, they have to make this blockbuster move. They've been holding on to these assets for many years. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas, I think, is going to be a superstar for a while. But you don't know how great Alf Horford is going to be. He could deteriorate quite a bit over the next two to three, four seasons. And uh, that was the whole reason you spent $100 plus million on Al Horford to come to Boston. is so you could attract another superstar or make that blockbuster deal. And, and Danny Ainge and, and the, the Celtics management is very hesitant to make this deal because they want to win every trade. But not everybody. every trade is going to be like uh, the Celtics dealt for Kevin Garnett when they traded, traded a bunch of their draft picks and, and assets to Minnesota. All right? And then it turns out Ryan Gomes didn't turn out to be the star. Everyone thought Ryan Gomes was going to be in Minnesota. So Celtics want to win every trade, and and teams know this. And, you know, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and the 2017 Nets pick for Paul George is asking way too much. Uh, So George is staying in Indy. Uh, Chicago, uh, I don't know if I would trade Jimmy Butler, but this coming offseason... Obviously, Rajon Rondo is not really the the point guard of the future there, uh, but they did bring in uh, Cameron Payne uh, from OKC, so maybe that helps them at the point guard role, but there, there's a real chance that maybe they will want to trade Jimmy Butler and start rebuilding and try to uh, you know bring in Lonzo Ball or Fultz. Uh, to, to help lead that offense and build around them. But again, I don't think the Bulls really have an identity. I don't really think they know what they're doing. So I wouldn't be too encouraged, Celtics fans, about Jimmy Butler coming to the team in the offseason. Uh, and Paul George, it's not going to happen unless he signs an, ext- an extension right away. And the, everyone thinks Paul George wants to go to the Lakers. And if Paul, let's say uh, the, the Lakers did make a deal for Paul George today. Who would they send? They would have to send Ingram, probably, D'Angelo Russell, and, you know, I don't think, I don't know if Paul George, he's going to want to win, especially when he's, what, 27, 28 years old and he's a free agent. He's going to go to a team that has everything in place. So maybe if the Celtics can trade for him in the offseason, once teams get an idea of where that Brooklyn fit pick falls, depending on if it's the first or second overall pick, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics deal him because 
they have a plethora of guards right now, and they don't need Lonzo Ball or Fultz to be a project anymore. They need another superstar to win right now, and you don't know how many chances they're going to get. Everyone in the Eastern Conference is worried about LeBron James, but the Cavs are vulnerable right now. Probably, you know, we don't know how the health of Kevin Love, the health of uh, J.R. Smith is going to be at the end of the regular season. We have no idea. And, uh, I mean, everyone expects Bolt to be back by the postseason. Uh, but who knows? Ke- Kyrie Irving could go down. He's been injury prone in the past. And, you know, LeBron never gets hurt. He's like the Tom Brady of the NBA. But, uh, who knows? Something could happen with him. And then the Celtics have a shot. Uh, but still, I don't see them winning one or two games. I see them winning one or two in an Eastern Conference final against Cleveland. But with what they have right now, you know, they would have needed a Paul George or Jimmy Butler to make the trade go through. Um, and, you know, the Bulls, Jimmy Butler would be a really great fit on the team. I think Paul George would be an even better fit, but George's contract is the real issue, and we don't know how the Celtics are going to deal with that in the future if they're able to bring him in. Uh, but teams want to see where this Brooklyn pick falls. You know, the NBA isn't like the NFL where you – if you're the if you have the worst record in the league, you automatically get the first overall pick. Uh, it's different. They have a lottery, and they have a lottery so they can prevent teams from tanking, which has actually had the opposite effect. They should probably get rid of it. But until uh, the middle of the playoffs, when they know where this Brooklyn pick falls, if it's first or second overall, uh, that draft pick isn't as valuable uh, as the Celtics make it out to be. So uh, you know. Celtics always, these rumors are floating every year, and they're always cautious. And they've been cautious, and last year they chose not to trade the Brooklyn pick, which was third overall, and they picked up Jalen Brown. This year, I think you have to trade it, because it's guards at the top of the draft. The Celtics have plenty of guards, and they need they need a dynamic wing player, and they need a rebounder. That's what the Celtics need. They can probably get a rebounder in the draft with their other picks next year or or in free agency. But I they're going to target Jimmy Butler very aggressively this offseason. I truly believe that. Um, and they will look into Paul George. But again, Paul George, they don't want him for one year. They want him to be a Celtic for the rest of his career if he comes to Boston. And if it is true that George wants to play for the Lakers when he becomes a free agent, then it's not going to work out. But... Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's disappointing if you're a Celtics fan, but this is a great team that they have right now. They have an excellent shot at the Eastern Conference Finals, although the, the Wizards are certainly going to be a challenge. I really like what Scott Brooks has done in Washington, replacing Randy Whitman, who did not know how to run a half-court offense. And the Wizards have done very well head-to-head against the Celtics, and the Celtics have lost to a lot of teams above 500. Again, Cleveland is the only team in the Eastern Conference. I said this on Tuesday's podcast. They're 13 and 8 against teams above 500. No team is even close to that. And the next is the Chicago Bulls. They're 13 and 13, and the Celtics are 11 and 12 against teams above 500. So they're going to need another superstar because they could have trouble in the postseason against some better teams. Uh, but I do like the Celtics team right now. They're the best defensive squad in, in uh, the NBA, and if. They are somehow able to get past the Cleveland Cavaliers and make it to the NBA Finals this year, which I don't think will happen unless an injury occurs on Cleveland. That's fairly traumatic. Uh, they're matched, they can match up very well against the Warriors, even right now with the team they have. Uh, they're, they're a great perimeter defense. They know what, uh, that it's a three-point heavy league, 
and uh, Boston could potentially beat the Warriors in the finals. I really think that's possible, but uh, they're going to have a lot of trouble getting past Cleveland, and you know that that's the real issue. It's all about LeBron James. They didn't want to trade Jay Crowder for that reason because he's one of the few players in the NBA capable of guarding LeBron James. So they would have to bring in a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler, these elite defenders that have long wingspans, especially George, that can defend LeBron. Uh, but Celtics hold on to their picks again, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the offseason. I think they'll be significantly more likely to trade that in the offseason once teams get an idea of where that Brooklyn pick falls, especially if it lands at number two or number one or number two with the ping pong balls. Talking about the Sixers and just and the Mavericks in just a second. So the uh, biggest move of the NBA trade deadline, a bit disappointing that this was the biggest move that occurred, Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, are, what's the trade, they're sending uh, Nerlens Noel to to the Mavericks for Andrew Bogut, Justin Anderson, uh, who's an excellent defender, but not that great offensively. Uh, and a, consist- a conditional 2017 first-round pick that is protected 1 through 18. And people are wondering why the Sixers would make this deal. And uh, the real reason, because they didn't get a lot in return, especially with that first-round pick being protected, uh, but they have a lot of front-court players. There's a log jam uh, with Ben Simmons, who who hasn't even played a game yet, but everyone expects him to be a superstar. His passing is incredible. He, he can do everything on the floor. Uh, Joel Embiid has been a pleasant surprise for Sixers fans this year. He should have made the NBA All-Star game, but he didn't. Uh, and then you have Noel, and Nerlens Noel would be uh, demanding big money this year, and, and he'll be a restricted free agent after this NBA season. And because the Sixers already have these projects in place with Ben Simmons um, and all the players that they have and this log jam in the front court, they couldn't afford to pay Noel or, or, or they probably could, but they couldn't bring in other pieces if they gave him a max deal. And in all likelihood, the Sixers uh, would have had to let him go and another team would have given Noel the max money that they weren't, wouldn't be willing to offer. And one of those teams is the Dallas Mavericks, who are the most analytically driven team organization in the NBA, and they're trying to build for their future because they know Dirk Nowitzki isn't gonna, isn't going to last long there. Um, now, Andrew Bogut in Philly, it sounds like uh, his contract's going to be a buyout. Uh, so really, this was just the Sixers getting well off the books, and, you know, it makes sense. But as for the Dallas Mavericks, they'll probably give him max money at the end of the regular season, meaning they got their center of the future, who's a work in progress, but he's shown a lot. Um, now, I'm I'm disappointed because you barely got to see Nerlens Noel and uh, Joel Embiid play on the court at the same time, what, they play like two games together or something like that. Uh, it's disappointing we didn't get to see that happen, but really all this is a plan for the Sixers 
uh, when Ben Simmons comes there and, and to keep building. And like, I, I know it's frustrating. The Philadelphia 76ers, uh, and they're beginning to get a return on their investment finally after rebuilding for four or five seasons. And, uh, you know, that return on investment is still only the, is still the third worst record in the Eastern Conference. Now, I think they'll get a little bit better once Ben Simmons returns and they're all going to get older and mature. Uh, but it's still going to be a couple of years before Philly does anything significant. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, you need, at least they have a plan. I always criticize the Chicago Bulls because they don't have a plan. Uh, it seemed like they did. But then they brought in Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, who do not fit on that team at all. And now they're stuck with Dwayne Wade. They're going to have to get rid of Rondo. And they're thinking about trading their best player, Jimmy Butler, who they were supposedly building around in the offseason. So at least the Sixers have a plan. You, you, you know, when you have your kid in college, you want him to have a plan going forward, even if it's a long-term plan. You know, how many people have no idea what they're doing? Uh, you know, it, it may involve them going into some shitty entry-level jobs where they're only making 20 grand a year. Uh, but if that plan pans out, they can make a lot more money. You want someone with a plan. And even though the Sixers, they haven't done anything in many years. They're getting better. They're beginning to get a return on investment. And once Ben Simmons is out there, uh, we'll really see what the Sixers are capable of. And, and again, two years from now, who knows? They could contend in the Eastern Conference, especially because LeBron James isn't getting any younger. And at some point, he's going to have injury problems. You know, he plays more minutes than anyone else in the NBA. Uh, that's why I think the Celtics should have really done everything they could to pull in Jimmy Butler or Paul George, because right now is your chance in Boston. You really have a shot uh, to go after Cleveland. But, you know, again, they were cautious. And the Sixers, you know, they, they had to get Noel off the books. It's good for the Mavericks, though. They have, they have their center of the future, and he's going to play alongside Harrison Barnes. Uh, they probably could do better in three-point shooting and, and in defense, uh, but who knows? Rick Carlisle is a great head coach, uh, and, you know, they, they have a weird rotation with, what, Chris Kamen, D'Alembert, Pachulia. Uh, it's it, it's kind of working, but, you know, Dallas does have a shot at the eighth seed in the Western Conference, but I, I really don't understand, like, like, the Pelicans bringing in DeMarcus Cousins. Like, there's this race to be the first team to lose to the Warriors in the playoffs. I don't get it. There's there's a significant drop-off after the first seven teams in the Western Conference, and that and that eighth seed is just going to play the Warriors and lose no matter who they are. And there's like five or six teams, including the Mavericks and the Pelicans and the Kings, that are all fighting for that eighth spot just to lose the Golden State. So I, I don't really get it, but at least the Mavericks have a piece for the future, and they have a chance at the postseason, even if it means getting swept by Golden State in April. Uh, but, you know, again, if you're Sixers fans, be encouraged. This is a fun team to watch. They've gotten a lot of national TV games because of it, and I enjoy watching Philly play. I think uh, Embiid really is, I mean, he already is turning into a superstar, and I think you give him a couple more years, He's going to be terrific alongside Ben Simmons. Philly has a plan. It's it's still going to take a little while longer, but again, uh, these things take time, and uh, you you just you got to do what works. And they needed to get rid of Noel, and you know Mavs both teams it worked out pretty well. And Philly got a pretty good with Anderson. They got a pretty good defender in return. That team needs more defense. Uh, so you know at least that worked out. Uh, so there are a few other trades. I didn't really go into many specifics uh, that happened. Uh, 
Suns getting a, they got a heavily protected second round pick and cash to the Hawks uh, from Mike Scott. Uh, again, the Bulls sent Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott to OKC. More players from Russell Westbrook knocked to pass the ball to. But, you know, the Oklahoma City thrives by being physical and having Taj Gibson down there works. But the issue with Doug McDermott, everyone in the NBA loves Doug McDermott. He can't play defense, and that's an issue. And I think the Bulls did make the right decision bringing in uh, Cameron Payne. They also brought in Joffrey Laverne. Uh, Denver Nuggets, they sent... Heavily protected second round pick to Milwaukee for Roy Hibbert. And uh, other than that, really nothing of significance happened. Uh, Hawks sent Tiago Splitter and a second round pick to Philly for Urson Ilyasova. And the two teams stopped uh, swapping second round picks. And yeah, that's about it. Really nothing, uh, not a lot happened. Biggest deal involved the Sixers and the Mavericks. Celtics, again, staying cautious, holding on to their assets. I think they have to trade them. I, th- I really do. They have to trade them before the NBA draft next year because they got a lot of guards as a guard-heavy draft. Try to hold on to that 2018 Brooklyn pick, uh, but that's that. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back next week. Until then, I bid you adieu.